Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry, joined today on this particular installment by Terry and Max. I bring in bring about the podcast so we can actually do a little introduction, uh, just kind of basic chit chat, what have you, to kind of bring people into the show. We don't have to immediately talk about Everton, although I will say three points. Hey, that's good. So, uh, so guys, we, we decided beforehand we were going to talk about what we watched over the holiday break. Um, so we're going to do a little what, what we watched segment, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with Terry, because this was his idea to do this segment. Terry, what have you watched lately, and is it, is it, do you recommend these things, or are you just like, nah, waste of time? <laughs> um, yeah, over Christmas... Uh, started to you know, watch, you know, watch some stuff there, some new stuff and some old stuff. So I watched um, all of the Witcher. Watched that a couple of times. Um, really liked that. And quite late to the party, but I've um, watched Peaky Blinders as well, which um, is really good. And if you're from Liverpool, every single other scene is huh. shot in Liverpool. Like a lot of it is. Wow. Like a lot of it is shot in Liverpool. Um, the only times it's probably not in Liverpool is when they go to like you know any country manor houses or anything like that. All of the setting of the you know small Heath, Birmingham, the docks, the steel yards, everything is Liverpool. So when it was really? filming, when it was filming, um, the basically the cast and crew like just all move into Liverpool for however long it's filming for. Um, and I remember a friend of mine who I used to work with when they were filming this most recent season. Um, he went into town after he was speaking to me in the afternoon in work. He was going into town. He was going to buy himself a new um, a PlayStation Four game, and he said he went into the the shop to get a new game. And he was in the queue, and he had his bag on the floor. And this dog just walks up to his bag. Starts sniffing the you know the bag and he you know he, he likes dogs so he goes oh well, you know hello and starts stroking the dog and then this guy says something to him like oh sorry about that mate and then he looks up from the dog and it's Tom Hardy <laughs> in, just in the- <laughs> <laughs> and he was like uh, uh, and he said he didn't say anything to him because he was so like you know just like struck by it because he didn't expect it and um, yeah Tom Hardy bought himself a, a games console. And several games probably because he was going to live in the hotel for a few weeks while filming. So uh, the whole of the cast just you know descend upon Liverpool whenever it's filming. So I, it's uh, I'm looking forward to the new season. I'm not quite caught up yet. I've only got the most recent season to watch. There's five seasons, and I've watched up to the end of four. Um, so I'm going to watch the fifth, and then obviously when the new one comes out, um, whenever that is, I haven't even looked into that. Can't wait, but I've been able to binge it. You know, when you've got seasons upon seasons to catch mm. up, and you you get to watch it all at once. It's brilliant. Yeah, season five is a good one. You'll enjoy it. Oh, see, now I have to catch up. I'm only like two or three seasons in. I am to the point where I actually don't know. I am to the point where Tom Hardy's there. Mm. So is that third or fourth season when he comes in? No, I'm he, trying he's, to remember. He's in the earlier seasons as well. He's in it more as it goes on. 
Because he's uh, not in the first season, right? Not in the first no, season at I all. I think it's the second season he comes in. Okay. Because so, they're all in Birmingham and he's from London, isn't he? So mm-hmm. um, I think it's, yeah, I think it is second season. But yeah, um, all, all the backdrop stuff, all the shots of the, you know, all around where they live is all Liverpool. It's all the dock area. Mm. And it, it that's that's what the area of Bramley Dock, you know, sort of looks like, you know, the buildings wise, not the yeah. the smaller like, you know, metal yards and stuff where that that's all set obviously, but the backdrop stuff that they've superimposed onto that, that's all the dock site in Liverpool. So they'll you know, eventually that Skyline will have an air stadium in it. Yes. See, I, okay, this mm. gives me even more incentive to watch because, again, I was just under the impression the entire time because I, don't know, I knew like it's set in Birmingham, right? Yeah. So I was just assuming that that's where they were filming because they're like they're not gonna try to fool the British crowd. You know what I mean? They would kind of know, like obviously this is not you know. But I mean, geez. Yeah, I can't. I, I have to watch that by myself because my wife won't watch it with me. She's not a big fan, and I'm not a huge fan of doing this as much. But if it's done the right way, sometimes it's kind of cool. When you take like a period-based uh, show or film and you bring modern elements to it, like extreme slow motion or like modern music or something like that, sometimes mm-hmm. it can seem edgy and interesting and experimental, and I love that kind of stuff. And then other times I'm like, eh, not my thing. But my wife hates it. That's why she's not a huge fan of like the uh, uh, Guy Ritchie, like Sherlock Holmes films. Same, same reasoning. You know what I mean? There's an element of modern to it that doesn't feel right at times. You know? Well, the, the Liverpool docks are in the first uh, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Liverpool, the Liverpool docks um, because of the way they look, the dock area, the dock roads. It lends itself to like anything you know period set for that you know around pre you know world war two and you know mm-hmm. world war one and whatnot so peaky blinders um captain america uh, first avenger he's there the yeah. oh really that was there yeah you know you know where he have we uh, talked about this because that sounds familiar actually yeah, he, he, yeah he chases, okay that's what it was he chases the nazi just as he becomes captain mm-hmm. america doesn't he spoiler alert i know because you said you went there i mean you said yeah, you went there that one time where, yeah where the, where the kid falls in the water that's the albert dock and you can just walk around there and that, yeah, it's really recognisable because That's it's rad. not like a, the Albert Dock, especially isn't. It's, it's the opposite end of the the, the row of docks. It's one end is the Albert Dock and the other end is the Bramley Moor Dock, I think. Or there's mm. one more after that. So the one down the Albert Dock end is the more like you know pedestrianised. Everyone goes around there. There's you know shops and whatnot. Yeah. So everyone everyone's walked around the Albert Dock, but like no one's walked around Bramley Moor yet. But you recognise the Albert Dock straight away. Awesome. Very cool. All right, so <clears throat> so Peaky Blinders, obviously we all we all say yay to that. Uh you said you meant you watched Witcher. I watched all of that too. Have you seen any of that, Max? No. Um it's from the game, isn't it? Is it animated yeah. or is it No or is it re- real? It's real, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I, a lot of the um a lot of the like the billboard advertisements I've seen for it looks animated. Yeah, so I see what you mean. I do I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, um, it's that show is one of those things where I kind of it feels like an adaptation in that it kind of feels like cliff notes, like they're trying to cram too much, too many plot elements into too small a time. Uh, yeah, like Thrones. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like they're trying to literally be Game of Thrones, except without a lot of the, like, uh, commentary on society. You know, you know what I mean? Without all, like, the, the whole, the politics of it as much, like, at all. Um, it's, it's just, I feel like it could have done with, like, a few more episodes where they develop character more. Yeah. Um, but other than that, am I psyched that there's that type of show out right now? Yeah, I like that stuff. I do. You know? So, Terry, do you feel similarly? Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I watched it twice, and I and I've never played the games. Or it's based I on it's based on the books, apparently, um, rather than the games. But it sort of plays like it's it's confident it's going to have several seasons, you know. So it's it's got a lot of things that you're clearly gonna. We're just putting this here so we can pick this up later on. Mm. And that kind of thing, and it, it doesn't hold the audience's hand. You meant you need to concentrate to keep up with it, and sometimes you're like, "What? What the hell?" And then it, you'll figure out that oh, this happened before the previous episode, and it's you know jumping around, you know timelines and stuff, mm-hmm. and and it it is a little bit difficult to understand. And there are some criticisms of it, like a lot of stuff. Like two, one of my criticisms of it was that too many people like characters are introduced all at once with very little explanation of who they are and yeah. some of them die and you're not and you're meant to care and you don't know who they are so you don't really care um but that's the, the whole, that's the development i'm talking about terry right there yeah. the character development we're yeah. not getting like people people like you know that dying and you, you you don't really know who they are properly yet and you but it, it, it plays like you're meant to be really Agreed. cut up by it like but um the show overall is really good i really enjoyed it henry cavill's great in it um he doesn't oh, have to do a lot, like, acting-wise, though. It's very, like, he kind of yeah. growls through all of his lines. But his the action yeah. scenes are, the fight scenes are good. They're good yeah. fight scenes. When he gets a sword in his hand, it's pretty badass. I like him as an actor, for the most part. I just, the, the role doesn't require him to, like, do, like, he's supposed to be sort of almost emotionless, but not yeah, fully. Yeah, it's, it's you know? victim, doesn't it? That sort of role. <laughs> the, um... The standout star is I can't think of the actress's name. Sorry, but she plays Jennifer of Venneberg. Yep. Um, yeah, she's a very nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice lady. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and Max, I'll just go ahead and give you a spoiler alert too. Here's one for everyone and Max. Ready? Hunchback sex. That's what I'll say. Hunchback sex. <laughs> That's I'll all I'm a, saying. I'll it's give it some, a miss. Thank it's you. Some, <laughs> you like how I ruin entire entire series for people with two words? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a thing. I'm just saying, it's a thing. So the Game of, the Game of Thrones comparison, I think, is a little bit unfair because Game of Thrones, obviously, it's you know just the big was the biggest show on television for all many years and. I think the witches like it sort of scratches that itch because it's you know it's fantasy and it, exactly you know, it's, it's you know it's it's but it's not a direct or weird Game of Thrones type thing. One of the things that hurts a little bit the Witcher is that it's because it's more based on monster kill and it's got to use CGI a lot more than Game of Thrones did. Game of Thrones was sparing with their CGI for the earlier seasons and then as it got bigger and bigger, it started using it more. Whereas in The Witcher, some of the monsters are a little bit, you know, shit looking basically, because they can't, they haven't got the budget yet. But it's pretty popular, so I'm hoping and I'm imagining that in the next season and not beyond, it'll improve on that. But I, I, overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's 
The CGI thing is what I was alluding to, Max, when you were talking about it looking animated at times, uh, when you saw the billboards. Yeah, there are times where it sort of feels almost like that with some of the monsters and stuff. The fight scenes, especially in the first episode, um, really good fight scenes. They really draw you in with the fight scenes, and they make sure they include a monster. Uh, I will say, you can tell they're trying to capitalize on some of the fantasy elements of Game of Thrones, because of the sex scenes that really don't have as much do to do with the plot. Yeah. And it's just like, here, we're going to put some sex here cause, because we know there's some dudes watching this. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I watched them like, okay, sex scene, there you go. I'm more than sex scenes, Netflix. You know, I can appreciate a plot without the sex scenes. Uh-huh. It doesn't hurt, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so anyway... <clears throat> Uh, good show. It's worth your time. Um, but I, 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 yeah, it's it does scratch a little bit of the fantasy itch that that uh, you know Game of Thrones has. But it's definitely not the same animal, not the same animal completely. So Terry, I will agree with you as well on that. I think if we're gonna be fair, because Terry said three months ago, I want to be fair to Witcher. Yeah, we talk about this three months in advance. All right, so we need to move on. Um, although, do I do I want to talk about other movies we saw? We saw over. Yes, I mean, I I, I want to talk uncut gems. Uh, I want to talk Irishman. Uh, I have lots of stuff I want to talk about, but I just realized we've been talking already for fourteen minutes, and we need to move on. So, actually, hold on. Nope, I'm not being fair to Max. Max, give me one thing you watched. Uh, I should be. I've fair been to watching Max. unless. I've been watching and listening to too much of my own voice with this bloody podcast at the minute, to be honest. Um, the editing process is absolutely murdering me. Like, I know, man. I don't, I don't know how people do it. Um, I'm not been going, not been going too heavy on the, the films at the minute, to be honest with you, Jerry. Um, as I said off camera, um, been watching a bit of one of the World War Two in colour documentaries, mm-hmm. um, and I've quite enjoyed the. The football that's been provided during the winter break for some mm. of the European leagues, like the um, the Spanish Cup in in the Middle East at the minute, the uh, the Real Madrid in Barcelona Atletico semi final was something else. Oh. It really was. Um, final was pretty funny too. If you saw the last few seconds of that, yeah, Valverde's perfect shit housery. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't quite know how to feel about it, um, given. Being in the stadium when that happened with Andre Gomez and son, like I can see the pros, I can see the cons, but yeah, you know, if no, if, if no one's seriously hurt, then you know, good shit, how's really well done and well, well timed. Uh, he made sure he wasn't in the box yet. It was just smart. It, exactly, it was. I mean, I, I don't uh, know what else he's supposed player, to do like, there. I feel like that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah you know, excellent. Uh, Uruguayan, if I'm not wrong, too. So it's to to be expected, and I think he's going to be a fantastic player in the years to come. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I didn't get to watch. I I don't have much access to watching uh, the Spanish games. I can watch. I've been able to watch some Serie A. You know, now that I have ESPN Plus, I've got plenty of Serie A, which is awesome. Uh, but not as much Spanish league. I got to get on that. Um, yeah, we've started watching the Inside Borussia Dortmund show on Amazon Prime, and it is worth your time. It's just oddly, it's odd the way it starts in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't start at the beginning of the mm. 18-19 season. It starts 2019, like, at the transfer window, which is really odd. 
um, winter break, I guess. They've just had this fantastic run, and they're looking great, and then the show starts. I've just, I don't know. It's kind of odd to me. All right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that show's worth your time. I got the boys watching it. Um, yeah, it's solid. It makes, you know, makes Bennett want to play <laughs> for them. And they're, yeah. but they're very, very much like trying to keep Pulisic out of it because you know they're they're, they're going to sell him. So it's like they keep him very, like they show that he scores goals. They never talk to him and they hardly say his name. It's kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, but um, a lot of a lot of Marco Royce, and why not? You know. So uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so let's move on. Let's talk uh, what's happening uh, in the in the show today. For those of you listening via podcast, here's what's happening. We've got uh, Brighton extra time. We're going to talk about the the. the well-timed win for Everton over over Brighton. If uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, sorry for the spoiler. <laughs> but uh, so we'll go through that, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Ancelotti's tactics. Um, what have we noticed from uh, the season thus far since Carlo's been here? Uh, what's changed since he's been involved? So we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go to a quiz between these gents. Um, yeah, no no spoilers on that. Let's move on to extra time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, one nil win for, for Everton at Goodison this weekend. Um, Max, were you able to, to go to the game or were you busy working on podcast hotness? Yeah, I was, to be honest, it was one of them. Like, obviously the opportunity was offered to me, but I don't know. I think it just goes to speak to what my mentality is following last week's mm-hmm. FA Cup exit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the season's dead. Do, do we both agree with that, or is it an eternal? I can't. I can't say season's dead yet. I can't go there. No, you you like you like the fantasies of Europe. Yes, I do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. Um, I love that phrasing, by the way. The fantasies of Europe, Max. I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's great TV. Nah, <laughs> If a if a, if a scrappy one nil win was what it took to get the mentality of the players back on track after a very very awry week, to say the least, you know, from what happened to Finch Farm to Fabian Delph to you know so many different elements, yeah. um, I was disappointed in the final result. To be honest, like if we're playing Brighton at home, I expect a, a good win. You know. It, Particularly after the humiliation that we faced at Anfield, I was expecting, you know, a couple of more goals in our favour. But as I was saying, I'm not um, beggars can't exactly be choosers, um, and I think the the strong players, you know, made their presence known. Richarlison and Bernard, in particular, yeah. I think, hands down, Richarlison. I think was pretty much everybody's man of the match with Bernard a close second. Very much. Um, both of them worked exceptionally hard. Um, I know Rich Allison scored twice against Brighton last season, so it's um, familiar to see him on the score sheet again with a tremendous turn and finish. Uh, and again, I, I hate to be looping back to what happened last Sunday, but when we exit from cup competitions and you know assets like Rich Allison 
continue to increase their value through scoring goals and putting in good performances like that. I can't help but worry. Uh, I, I just can't. Mm. Um, of course, league positioning is important because I think there's about there's two million between each place in the Premier League. So obviously, the higher you finish, the better for better for you. And I think obviously that's where all our eggs have got to go into that basket. But still, if we're going to continue to go without silverware, I do. I've got me fears about the likes of Richarlison and the other bright sparks that we've got. Yeah. Uh, Max, I didn't even have to prompt you. I was just going to say opening thoughts. I think you did some... That's exactly what you gave right there. Some nice opening thoughts. Terry, uh, uh, how are you feeling about this, about uh, about performance and kind of uh, kind of a, a well-timed three points? Well, to be honest, you took the two standout players off me. <laughs> Bernard was unbelievable, wasn't he? Um, just why we ever, any any manager ever entertained dropping him, I don't know, because he's one of our better players. But other than those two, um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm one of the first to criticise him, but I've got to, you know, hold my hands up. Jordan Pickford earned us two points with the saves he made at the end. Um, outside of that, I think it was a pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill game. You know, Brighton didn't really offer much. Um, and it was just one of those, you know, it was a typical January game where, the, you know, the, the tiredness has set in on the players from the from the festive period. And there wasn't much quality on show apart from the one bit of quality, which was a, frankly, sublime bit of skill and, you know, turn on the ball, Merrick Charleston for the goal. So I'm not blown away by the performance, but at the minute... Considering you know we've got a new manager in place and you know squad that's a little bit topsy turvy because we've got key injuries and you know the same position. I'll just take wins out they come at the minute and look to build on that. I mean Max has said there he feels the season's over and I definitely understand why you know he feels like that you know because the disappointments are going out the cups again. But I I can't see the season as as over when there's you know what is it six points off six the European places now we we, we might four. not four four off six I think four points I think we, I mean we, we have we're, we're, do we have twenty twenty eight right now we're, we're check that check that out Max really quick because I looked it up when I wrote that down earlier because I was like no way we're that close it's Sheffield who's in sixth twenty yeah we got twenty eight points Sheffield United got thirty two yeah, points that's nuts. That's crazy to me. League well, that's, four. Yeah, it speaks to the, the league this year that it's been really inconsistent, that we've been pretty poor this season and we're still, you know, that close. Now, we're pro- you know, I'm not saying oh, we'll get Europe because we're, everyone's, you know, good for a, a run of games where they don't where they don't win. But, I, you know, I'm, the way I look at it is you've got these other teams who are in massive flux, like, you know, Man United, Arsenal, the gaps are wide open. Mm-hmm. For, and, you know, Chelsea, um, uh, you know, they're better than those two, but they seem to be very hit and miss. You know, some games they're brilliant, some games they're poor. It's wide open for anyone. I, I, I think if we can get a little bit of consistency, with a little bit of consistency, we can look to finish in Europe, and that would just be a, a, incredible considering, you know, the start of the season we've had. So it's it's not over for me. I'm disappointed to be out the cup, but for me that that that's gone now. The game, the season, the season carries on. The transfer window's open, and we're actually hitting a little bit of form under a brand new manager who's who is better than the majority of his peers in the league. So so why not look straight for Europe? 
Yeah, and I've got to come in with the Mason Holgate Claxton when you were talking about key players. I thought he was, you know, another very good, mature performance. Um, I think he had the highest pass completion rate as well, sort upwards of 92%, which is always nice to see. And I think all but one of his long balls were accurate. So it's nice to see him, particularly with some of the the, the circus acts we've seen at centre-half over the years. It's nice to see him step up and make his mark. Yeah, I I think uh, he's with the uh, with the rotation that Ancelotti has been implementing over over the winter. You know, it, it's good he's getting decent minutes, but it's also he's not having to play every single minute, which is cool. I think uh, Carlos said he's probably going to rest Holgate next game. Oh. Well, he's he's played every minute of our last fifteen games. You know, team. So it's, it's nice. It's, yeah, I seen the I seen the stat come no off the other way. day. Fifteen, if I'm not wrong. I thought he I yeah. thought he's rested some. Just, da, da, da. Yeah, no, nah, fifteen games. Paul Gates played every minute. Why do I feel like he's the only one not rotated? Well, he's he's been he's been filling in all over the pitch. Oh, center mid. That's the one I was thinking he, of. He, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's, he's like when the, the when the defense has shifted, he's he's come across the left back as well at times. So I can't speak highly That's enough of him. That's crazy good. You know when other when other senior members of the squad seem to go missing. Uh, right now, he's a, he's an ever present. So damn, I thought he's actually been able to have more rest than that. That's nuts. I totally misread that. That's yeah. My bad, everybody. Got that wrong. Shit. That's nuts. I I knew he had not played every single minute at center back, but Jesus, he's pretty much he has, though. Carlo loves him, uh, and apparently Duncan mm-hmm. does too. That's that's awesome. Sorry. That, I, yeah, I almost need a moment of silence for that. All right, anyway, so that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I, I also, it does seem like, uh, like Carlo likes Tom Davis as well, um, who I don't think has played – I don't think he played poorly on Saturday. He's, I saw a stat on, on Twitter where they were talking about his forward passes, and he does concede a lot from being a little sloppy with those forward, forward passes, but it's, it's still pretty impressive the fact that he's constantly trying to take chances and find people through, and the more I do think he's going to keep getting better at that. And I will say out of the three center midfielders that we have that are healthy right now, he's the one that we know is going to bust his ass every single game. You can never fault him for effort. So, um, anybody else here, uh, guys? Uh, that where we th- anybody we felt played poorly? Where we were thinking, you know what? They let us down a little bit. Maybe they were tired. Any, anything at all? I think Calvert Lewin had one of his lesser games of of the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Um, I don't think I don't think he played considerably poorly mm-hmm. by any stretch. Um, and I'm a huge fan of this partnership that seems to be emerging now that we play two up front between Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Um, as I did find, um, and I suppose we, we've not even touched on it, and I don't, the can of worms that I don't even want to open, but the VAR that game was a bit shambolic. The um, Calvert-Lewin's um, chalked off goal, which he was yellow-carded for, um, at the top of his shoulder... He's dived it. What, what, what's ever happened to telling you centre forwards to be brave, um, you know, be fearless, 
gets stuck in where mm. need be. He takes a boot to the face um, and ends up being yellow carded for handball. Um, and the Walcott one was the the worst of the bunch. But yeah, it was a bit. It's a circus. The act. Walcott is. one is the one. They, yeah. they were the really upset about that on TV, on the TV feed. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he goes down, then he, he might get it. But it's like that's just like. So he's tried to stay on his feet and doesn't get the penalty he should have. Uh, it's ridiculous, but the just on the the Calvert-Lewin one, I agree. It's you know one hundred percent that you know he, not a goalie has put it in with his arm, but you can see from the replay, which is what they've made the decision of, that he's attempting to get down to the ball with his shoulder, but he hasn't managed to do it. So I don't know why he's been booked for it. It's not an intentional handball. It's like you don't get you don't you know I, I don't know the, the rules just baffle me like. Rule the goal out, fine. To handball, he's handballed it into the net. He hasn't intentionally handballed it. So by that logic, if it hits his arm and goes in off a cross, then he can be yellow carded. It's clearly it's clear from the replay. It's not an intentional handball. He's trying to hit it into the shoulder, but he just can't. Doesn't he? Just doesn't make it. So he's been booked for a non-deliberate offence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of. That kind of stuff, I'm getting to the point. It's really bad when I'm just kind of like, well, that's the way it works for us. You know what I mean? Just to immediately mm. just jump to that sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, you know, it's a scrappy win. I, I was telling I was telling Bennett on, my way to, on our way to his game, I was kind of like, you know, good teams find ways to win games like this, even if the other team makes a little, makes a strong push near the end. Good teams figure out, winners figure out ways to win and get the three points and don't give up a late draw or loss, you know, and that is nice. I will say that's probably the thing that my, my, my biggest positive was the fact that they held on, you know. Winners also don't get knocked out by a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, that's... Now, I, I, I'm trying not to get sick, Max. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, any kind, at this point, I'm looking for any kind of positive, though. I'm good with the win. I'm good with the win. Uh, but I, I know where Max is coming from because Max, very early in the season, was like, I want silverware this year. Very early. That's the one thing Max said, I want silverware this year, and it's not happening. So, that's why I get... I do get the uh, extreme pessimism. Um, I think it's I think it's earned. It's <laughs> <laughs> like one defeat in the last seven league games. That's yeah. something, I suppose. Considering sure. considering the teams we played in there, you know, beat Chelsea, drew with Arsenal, and Man United, beat Burnley, beat Newcastle, uh, lost to City, and then beat Brighton. So that's actual consistency, which is. You know what's that? Yeah. What's consistency? Yeah, all I know yeah. is I was I was sitting there for the <clears> second <throat> half of the game. I was going to another location because I was watching my kid, so I had to watch the game after the fact. But I'm looking on like the ESPN app, and I'm waiting for and I and I'm just sitting there thinking I'm waiting to see that Brighton has tied it up. 
I'm waiting. It's 89th minute, and I'm just <laughs> waiting. I see all the chances, and every chance that's on the commentary is Brighton. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Is this going to happen again? And I kept waiting for that, no- that other one to show up. And it didn't, and it was cool. It was nice. It was, it was nice to not to feel like, you know, oh, they didn't, they didn't poop the bed. This is great. You know? That's, that's a good thing. So, not the greatest performance in the world, but from what I saw, I felt like they deserved to win. You know? I feel like they deserved to win. So, you know, yeah. that's... Not that that ever matters. That rarely ever matters. You know, but the fact that we deserved to win and they held on, put those two together, eh. Could have been a worse... Could have been a worse Saturday. You know? So, anyway. We done here? Anything else on this? Anything else we need to talk about besides, you know... I don't know. We love Carlo so far. Uh, I thought Matt Ryan played well, mm. Brighton's goalie. Uh, I'd watched him quite a bit throughout his career, uh, particularly at Valencia and Bruges. And I thought what he did, every save by a goalkeeper made that weekend. I was end, literally going to say that. Yeah. To the, the five yeah. in Australia. Which, yeah, it's nice to see modern-day footballers with a bit of moral conscious mm-hmm. about them, isn't it? So. I mean, is he from Australia? He's yeah, Australian, he's Australian, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, class. Um, all right, well, I think that's it uh, for Brighton Extra Time. Um, note to self, Mason Holgate plays every second. Uh, but I, I do think he – I think Carlo did say he's going to rest him next game. So we'll see. 15 straight, though. Holy God. Okay. That's, that's good. That's awesome. He needed the minutes. Carlos Tactics, <clears throat> what has Ancelotti brought to Everton so far? Um, what was changed since he's been involved? Uh, maybe something that stayed the same since uh, Duncan had in- implemented something and maybe he was just kind of like, hey, I like this. Um, I think the one thing that I that I noticed so far, guys, before, just to go ahead and launch this, is the fact that it, it seems like he's a, uh, he's a pragmatist that doesn't necessarily say, this is the way I want it to be going into it. He likes to kind of judge things based on the way the, 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 the team works, the squad works, and kind of go from there. Um, and he'll change things mid-game. Uh, I feel like, like, like we saw in Brighton, um, in the Brighton match, which I found very interesting. Uh, I'll give specifics on that uh, later. But uh, to start off with, I think, Terry, it's your turn to go first. Um, What's something that you've noticed? I can I can give you a specific and tell you to roll with it, but I, I'm curious what you guys have noticed, and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. Well, the most obvious one is that sort of like you know interchangeable sort of fluid formation that we keep doing. Like I noticed I mean, his first game with Burnley, wasn't it? And I remember watching the Burnley game going, with, you know, it says back four, but that looks like a back three, and and you know the way Coleman was tucked in, I was like. And I watched for ages. And went, is that a is it a back three? Like, is it yeah. four? And I'm just like looking at it funny. But then, obviously, as the games went on, it started like you know the the formation come out as as three at the back, and then we'd be playing in a four, and we seem to just sort of switch between two different like setups based on the fullbacks, um, depending on on you know whether we're in possession, out of possession, and you know what which side has got the fullback. So it's either Sadibe will play ahead of Coleman. 
but he'll really be, you know, he'll be the right wing back rather than a right midfielder ahead of another right back. And then mm-hmm. it was the other way round when um, when Baines played instead of um, instead of Luca Dean, it was the Baines was the third centre back rather than the right hand side. And um, that was something I noticed like straight away. That it's 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 a, just a little quirk that I, you know was very specific to Carlo since he came in. And it might be something he's going to do, you know, going forward. That he wants that sort of interchangeability, or it might just be something that he he looked at the players he had and thought because he mentioned in his press conference and in interviews since Coleman and Baines, Coleman and Baines. He seems to have this sort of. Um, idea that like oh I need to utilise Coleman and Baines as like the experienced players in the team like maybe that's what he's done in other teams that he's gone into and you know right you know there's a lot of young players in the squad but I'm going to lean on these two you know experienced heads um that's probably the main thing the fact that I, I just didn't expect it's you know that that to be one of the changes he's made he's stuck with the two strikers pretty much every game like mostly Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison but uh, Keane's played you know um Comes off the bench and he started at Newcastle, uh, and a little bit more possession based than, than certainly than what Duncan Ferguson was doing. Where it's some games it's it's all right, some players suit it, some don't. It, it it really hurt us, I think, against Liverpool. We were pinging it around the back and we couldn't get away from their press. But in other games, it's you know it's been helpful. We've dictated the game, and you know it's it's really suited the likes of say Mason Holgate he seems to be a lot more comfortable at centre back when he's touching the ball a lot more his problems used to be concentration I found and so when, true when he's involved constantly either as um, a centre midfield like under Ferguson or when he's a centre back who's getting the ball regularly he seems to play a lot better so it's made a better player of him but yeah like it's a lot of small Small changes at the minute with Carlo. There's no big sweeping change that we've seen yet. Still the same personnel. There's no one new come in, and um, it's just made these little things that you know, if you you're not looking, you might not even notice. Yeah, the formation thing was really messing with me when he first came in. I did the same thing where I was kind of like, you know, you'd see, you'd look at our lineup the way we've, you know, we we were understanding how the thing would be, and then we we're like, wait a minute. Like, are they, did they intentionally mess with the lineup? And But no, it was like it was changing based on possession. Uh, Tom Davies, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, he's playing left mid today. And then when we have possession, he's tucking in and going. So, and that's what Bernard is doing a lot of. You see Bernard going inside a lot more. So he's able to, we're able to utilize that close that close control that he has and utilize his distribution a lot more. That was, it's one of the things that people always said, I feel like Bernard would be, would be so great, you know, playing in the, in the middle when he never plays much in the middle, like ever, but we're getting to see those kind of qualities by him being able to tuck in like that more. Um, and Dean pushes forward. Uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's different. Uh, However, I also wonder if it's the kind of thing that's going to be... I feel like once teams know we're doing it, it's pretty easy to adjust around if you need to. Um, but I like having an additional force kind of uh, creating, you know, playmaking up the middle more. Because that's, that's something we were missing. It was always on the flanks, crossing in. And to have something kind of attacking the center, that's nice. Um, so anyway, you, you mentioned a few other things, but we'll get there in a minute. Let's go to, let's go to Max. Okay, 
because I don't want to sit there and list everything and then have Max be like, well, you said them all, Jerry. Yeah, huh. so, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, arguably, you're flattering him a bit too much there, Jerry. I think he's having to deal with what he's got rather than implementing what he wants, if that makes any sense. I, I don't think he's got the resources to have a team that plays the type of football that he wants to see as mm. of yet. That's probably I, true. I reiterated this when I was doing the preview for the Brighton game. I think that's one of the pitfalls of appointing a manager, particularly around the winter period when you've got so many games coming at you, is that not only have you got a fixture every other couple of days, the, the lads, are, the, uh, the fitness levels are considerably, I don't want to say poor, but they're not around you know yeah. a few a few weeks earlier or earlier on in the season um i just thought i'd come out with who the the, the ever-present starters have been in in his five games at the club so you got pickford sadibi which terry said is a, an interesting one to see the development of that obviously mm-hmm. it lends his hands to the you know the shift in the formation from the three five to four four two throughout the game uh sadibi holgate dominic calvert lewin richarlison and Gilfie Sigurdsson, which may be something that comes back to bite them on the backside in in weeks to come, given the uh, the performances of Gilfie Sigurdsson, particularly at Anfield. But I felt like, um, obviously, Dunk come in and had the impact that he had. Um, I think Ancelotti piggybacked off that a tad mm-hmm. for, the, for, for the Burnley game and the Newcastle game, because I feel like the, the work ethic and the desire to run hard almost carried over from Dunk's stint as caretaker manager. And then we've seen, we've come we've come up against Manchester City and we've come up against Liverpool. Um, and I've seen, and this is where me sort of, I don't think we've quite got what he wants as of yet. And I do feel like it's going to be a couple of transfer windows until we do. The, just the, the decisions, like for example, the substitutions have been quite odd. Um, and again, circumstance hasn't helped them when you've got Bernard getting injured in the warm up, and you've got to play Tom Davies out wide, which I'm not mm-hmm. a, I'm not a fan of particularly. But I feel like yeah, the the City game went how it went, expected to get beat really. But the the Liverpool game was almost an adoption of the same tactics of of don't press, sit off, mm-hmm. uh, and I just think that did not work in the in the slightest and that was just an absolute embarrassment from from the, particularly the second half to close. But I don't know man, we've got we've got players to come back. We've got Jabamin, we got a Wobi, new mm-hmm. again I that they've got they've, they've got to impress me. I d I don't quite know who who they're gonna take the place of if, if that's to say and I, I know we were you know we're really thin in midfield and all the spotlight seems to be on, as I said, Sigurdsson and, and Schneidlin for not being athletic enough, not getting the foot in, being too passive. Um, is Jibaman going to be the answer for that? We haven't even got a return date on him yet, so we don't know. And it will be up until his hamstring injury wasn't really impressing me. And I think given the uh, even the form of Bernard, I was going to say the form of Bernard, but even the, the, the form of Theo Walcott as of late has been considerably improved. Um, but yeah, listen. This this is Carlo Ancelotti. He knows a lot more about our three football than our three brains put together. So he, I think he's in this for what's his contract twenty twenty four. So mm-hmm. he's 
he's in this for at least a, a medium to long period of time. And as I say, we're a financial fair player. I don't quite know how we're going to shape and mould the squad that he wants, but I suppose that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I agree with you and I disagree because it's impossible to disagree with you that we've got that he's he doesn't have enough players to work with. He doesn't have the players he wants. I don't I don't think there's any way to disagree with that. That's like factual. Winter period, he was he was focused on rotation. He said that. Um, I don't know. I feel like he was throwing tactics in there though. That in some of those changes he was forced to make. But I feel like when because people keep saying Tom Davies out wide. Well, technically, yeah, on the defensive end, but not really when we were attacking. You know what I mean? How many times did you see Tom Davies take the ball and go down the left flank and cross back? Because Luca Dean was always overlapping. Like, every time we had the ball, he was always overlapping. And that's what's, that's what's kind of doing my head in, because everyone is saying Tom Davies playing wide. And I'm like, he only sort of was, though, because the tactic was so weird. Uh- Athleticism, though, Jerry, it's a huge factor when you're playing. Oh, you defensively. In a wide position. You mean defensively? Both, I feel. I feel you've got. You know, even when you're on the ball or looking to receive the ball, you've got to be quick. Quick. You've got to be sharp. You've but got to be able to. He was tucking in so much, though. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a tendency of a of a central player. Um, but no, I, Bernard's I doing t- the same thing. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I think it's a tactic thing. You know. Mm. Arguably, but. Again, I just I think it's just down to the selections at his at his disposal. It's I just don't. It's not an ideal situation. I, at all. I, I there's no dis, there's no disagreement on that. I definitely am with you on that. I just think that he's doing some things that I haven't seen before. Uh, that kind of makes me. That's what when I'm sitting there looking at the screen. That's why I was fascinated by this discussion because when you're looking and you see the formation change based on who has the ball. I think that's it's not an uncommon thing. Other players do other teams do that. I just think it's pretty kind of cool cuz with Duncan it was very it was straightforward. 442. There you go. Go back to basics. This is a basic formation. Um and then defensively uh for for Carlo, it seems like 442 that's what we're doing. You know, whenever they have the ball, we're dropping back. Um, but when we have the ball, it's doing some strange things. Like when you mentioned Sidibe getting getting starts out at right right wing, um, it's mm. odd. It's a strange thing. Um, so I, I find it fascinating. I think he's and so anyway, formationally, I feel like we could talk a lot about about. That's to me the most fascinating thing that's happened is how he's utilizing this. And I don't always think the changes work, but I think they're different and I think it catches teams off guard now but it might not in the future maybe in the future he'll have those places players you're talking about Max I'd be interested to see you know what with different personnel how that system works because the sort of you know the players he's playing you can you could easily see some of the injured players going into that because he's playing Gilfie Sigurdsson as like a deep lion playmaker I, you know put Andre Gomez in there and instead mm-hmm. of Schneidland put Kabamon in there I mean yeah. we don't know whether Kabamon going to be any good but you know I, I think there's players who could go in and head the players who aren't performing who probably don't suit the style he's playing like, like the Schneiderlands and the Sigurdsons mm-hmm. even you know it will be that sort of inside left that Bernard's been playing like the 
you know, in the tack, it's the left side of a middle three. Like, mm-hmm. Iwobi, I think, could play there as well. I mean, I, I do prefer Bernard, but Iwobi could play in there. You'd lose a bit of skill, but you'd get a lot more physicality and he'd mm-hmm. be able to move forward from from the centre, which, which shoots Iwobi more than staying rigorously out wide. So, the personnel's a big thing. I, I, I genuinely think that Carlo now will likely do what Brendan Rodgers did at Leicester. He'll just use the rest of the season. You know, he's still got to win games. He's still got to try and achieve as much as he can, but he'll really assess the squad. I think the rotation's going to be like, right, I want to see what, you know, Michael Keane's all about, what Delft's all about, what Schneiderlin's all about. So he knows by the summer who he wants to keep to suit his system and who he, you know, he wants to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some earlier... And I think maybe you mentioned it some in the previous video. Uh, playing out of the back. Okay? Uh, against Liverpool, right? But against Brighton, you saw him several times on camera telling Pickford, kick it out. Do not play it short. Get it out. Okay? Um, <clears throat> and he talked about how, you know, we've got a big striker who's good in the air. to be able to, And he's fast, and there's a lot of things that he can do. Um... So there, there's that possibility, but is it also a thing where he's thinking, we're not ready to be playing out of the back against everyone right now? Because that's why, that's why I get the vibe about Carlo, that he's sort of like, if it's not working, I'm going to change it. You know? Like, I understand the, the, the possession-based, playing out of the back, open up more spaces, create space. You know? Um, jamming it down some of these teams' throats... Uh, that bunker back, when they do bunker back, it's not the best deal, so we need to kind of be trying to create space. But some of these teams that we've been doing it against, you know, we, it's not really the smart play. Against playing against Liverpool, that was, I just don't think that's the way against a team like them. They press so hard against us. We gave the ball away repeatedly like that. And playing out of the back was just a bad idea. Um, so anyway, that is something that we have, we have noticed Carlo change. Um, and I don't think playing out of the back is going to go away, but I think it's going to depend situationally because he does seem to be a pragmatist, um, which is good and bad, right? Uh, mm. You know what I mean? I, rem- I, remember, I remember you saying the same thing about Sam Allardyce. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, totally. I'd be a bit subdued on that way. Yeah, oh, no, but it's, but it's kind of, with, with Allardyce, it did seem like he was doing that, but at least Ancelotti's playing some attacking football. It's different. Um, Ancelotti is actually yeah. making decisions and we're actually scoring goals you know one can be more successful at it than the other <laughs> Sam Allardyce was not a pragmatic manager he says he is to make it seem like the bad football that is his signature isn't his signature his signature style he's, he plays one way and it's awful to watch and he's always been like that but in order to like sort of pretend that it's not him, it's the players he's got available. Mm-hmm. He says it's pragmatism. Uh-huh. He's never, he's, he's never. I've never seen him play two different ways. He's always played the same way, the same way he played at us. But it was more acceptable when the club was about when clubs were up on the brink of relegation because it meant they won some matches and stayed up, so they were all happy with it. Mm-hmm. So he's not a pragmatist. I, I think pragmatism. you can. I think you can still make the argument for it because he's making changes based on results. You know what I mean? He's making changes based on its result. He's not sitting there thinking, I'm going to play my system all the time. Cause, but the problem is there's still no flexibility even when he changes his system. Nothing changes. 
So I think it's just not a great manager is what that boils down to, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure, like, just to touch on what you said about uh, essentially goals being the difference, that I can't remember the stat precisely, but I think it was just after like the two games in charge, so Burnley and Newcastle, I think we amassed something like 40-odd shots, just something ridiculous. And I always find that a, a, a good indication that a, a team's getting back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just to touch on one of the comments that I made earlier, nine of our last ten goals in the league have been scored by either Calvert Lewin or Richard. That's the next point I've got written down here. I wanted to talk about that. So the these two lads are looking pivotal mm-hmm. to to our attack and play. Yeah, I mean it's uh, they're looking good now. Uh, it's we're not getting as many goals from other locations, but uh, Carlo is is feeding them. They're being fed, you know, which is, that's a big part of it. Um, and it's, I think they're being fed in different ways. It's not just launching it in the air and they have to beat three center backs in order to score, which is, that was, yeah, it's, it's being fed in different ways and it's good. Um, so anyway, uh, Anything else that we're kind of leaving out? I'm sure there there are some things, but these are the things that have stuck out: the strikers scoring scoring more goals, being fed in a variety of ways, uh, playing out of the back that just recently changed, uh, and formational flexibility, even like fluidity mid game. Uh, yeah, anything else that sticks out for you guys? Um, the, the- Central midfielders possibly not playing as many forward passes. Um, again, it might just be me constantly having Vietnam flashbacks to Anfield, but the Sigurdsson and Schneidlin, just all it is is backward passes, backward passes all the time. I think they they collectively both made more passes towards Jerry Mina and Jordan Pickford than Calvert Lewin and and Richarlison. So that is uh, and their presence off the ball to just it wasn't there we were, we were non-existent in the midfield so I'd like to see us ramp up the presence in the in central areas as we go on um, looking at the stats for Tom Davies doing a you know forward passes a little bit better but Sigurdsson and Schneiderlin it's impossible to yeah it's very it, <clears throat> it, so question is this a result of the, us playing out of the back so much and then feeling like they need to like when they receive the ball you know what I mean like feeling like they they have no no way to turn around to turn and actually like get forward uh is is that a result of system to an to an extent I would say so yeah but I also think it's a product of the fact that we've evolved into a a more permanent 4-4-2 now than a Mm 4-2-3-1 like we usually were um Gilfie's a number 10. He's just a cut-and-dry number 10. I, I don't think this eight-roll suits him very well at all. Right. doesn't bring out his better football. Um, and I'm sorry to say my affection for Morden Schneidlin's running thin um, is a, it, 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 just one of those footballers that whoever you put him in midfield with, it's just it's dependent on the partnership that's there. Uh, they've, both, they've both got to bring the best out of, this, of each other in this partnership. Certainly doesn't. You gotta make it th- things simple for him. It seems like the thing with Morgan Schneiderlin be like four four two, shield the back four. There you go, 
And when he and when he's told that, it seems like he's all right. But anything more com- complicated, complex, it's sort of yeah. That's the thing is when you saw him play well was under Duncan. You know, it was under Ferguson. Um at least recently anyway. Um yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just thinking about that you got me bummed thinking about that damn FA Cup game. <laughs> you mentioned it and I was just like shit, he's right. Ugh. So, I mean, uh so that's it at the moment. Uh we're talking uh talking Carlo. Uh, I think there's definitely some differences between him and uh, the way Silva approaches the game. Um, I think that, and uh, the fact that people said, you kept hearing people say, he's not going to go in and completely revamp the system. He's going to tweak to try to make the team more efficient and better. And I feel like we're seeing that. It has been a lot of tweaking. You know, not drastic, very just gentle, turning the screws here and there. Um, it's not really, you know, turning over any apple cards like this. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Because, uh, Max, when you mentioned him building off Duncan, yeah. I totally am with that. I think he's taken what Duncan was doing and he's trying to implement a little, little odd touches here and there. And a lot of them are based on necessity. So, curious. Very curious as to what happens when he, when he hits the transfer market soon. If that actually happens... We're led to believe it will, but you know what? That's happened before, and, you know, it's gone down to the last day, and then the the window's over, and you're like, wait, what happened to all the players we were supposed to sign? So, yeah. Anyway. Guys, that's it for Carlos Tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. Guys, uh, we're uh, we're doing a PK, PK, penalty shootout style quiz. PK for the American friends. Yes, I haven't said it in a while. I've avoided it and slipped out. Alert the media. So, uh, so guys, we'll, this will be an interesting one. It's recent. It's not uh, this season, but it's recent, all right? So uh, I will give you the category, and then you'll go back and forth telling me, uh, telling me your answers, and first to, first to give me a wrong answer, loses. Got it? The award for winning is you get to pick the track to close out the pod to. Pretty simple. I did that right all the first time. So uh, who is calling it? Who's going to call this this time? I have a... Nice, shiny, plastic, fake 50% piece here with uh, Martin Sheen on it. Uh, I feel like, Terry, uh, Terry, I feel like since you've been here more recently, we'll have Max call it. Um, yeah, that's me just <clears throat> pee-peeing all over the fact that you're here a lot. Sorry, man. Uh, so, Max, call it in the air. Heads. It is tails. Heavy. Yeah, so not that this is a not that it's a significant advantage to go first or second here. This isn't prices right or anything. But uh, Terry, first or second, my friend. I think I'll go first. I'll change it up. All right, sounds good. Okay, so insert intense quiz music, please. Oh, there it is. It's very intense. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. So, uh, gentlemen, we'll start with Terry, as is his want. Uh, players who've scored for Everton in the 2018-19 season across all competitions. Okay? Mm-hmm. Ready, Terry? I'm ready. And you may begin. <sighs> Well, so I'm just listing the players, or you're just listing one player, then he lists a player, then you list a player. Oh. You said you were ready. Oh, I, you were I, you were with your lying. I, I thought I was ready. I thought I was. Okay, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson, remember him? Ah, I've I've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> that is that's a hit, sir. You have well done. That is yeah, that's one. Max. Richarlison. And, yeah, you guys picked number one and two off the list immediately. Terry, what do you got? Luca Dean. Luca Dean. First one out of order. That's cool, though. It works. Yerimina. Yerimina, Yerimina. Yes. There you go. Terry. Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma. Aw, I miss Kurt Zuma. Mm. I missed the seasons. What do you got, Max? Seamus Coleman? Yes. Terry? Andre Gomez? Yes, that actually works. I like how you said his name correctly and then said it incorrectly. <laughs> because that's what everybody else does. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're like, I didn't want to be pretentious. Sorry, guys. Yes. <laughs> Max? Calvert-Lewin. Yep, yep. He's there. Idrissa Gay. Oh, Terry. He scored against Cardiff. He's not listed here. He scored against Cardiff. Okay. Hold on. I'm I'm looking this up as to what... Yeah, nah, he, he turned into Messi, remember? Was, remember when he turned into Messi and didn't he feed someone? Did he feed Calvert-Lewin in? But he nutmegged someone and took it past someone on his chest. Um, and produced this mad run but he scored that game I'm sure I hold on I'm looking this up it's when we played Cardiff for the 3-0 hey I, I have no idea here hold on so after Terry gave us a challenge we took uh, three hours to research and figure out whether or not Adrissa Gay scored in the 2018-2019 season across all competitions the game against Cardiff that uh, Terry was thinking of in which Everton won 3-0 at Cardiff Sigurdsson got two goals, remember that, when he did that, and then DCL had the late, yeah. So, um, now this this boils, it's okay, Terry, uh, Terry's right about so many things, and he has a wonderful beard, we will forgive him at this point, Uh, he's a huggable dude, if he wants to challenge it happens, alright? So, he's challenged, it turns out that, uh, that the computer was actually right on this one. Quizmaster John is on point. So we've got a, a strike against Terry on this. If Max gets the next one right, the game is over. But we'll continue trying to list, list these names really fast. So, Max, you going to win this? Phil Jagielka bagged against Arsenal. Wow. I, I love how you, you picked a a center back. You know what I mean? Like Just, just like you're so confident. Because I would have like immediately gone to one of the attacking players, been a little safe. Like, nah, nah, man. That was, a, that was a good goal. That was like the, the flick on, wasn't it, from a throw in? 
That was that, oh. was, that was that was the best part of last season. That little run from like Arsenal, Chelsea onwards. Mm. That, that's true. That is, I agree with that. Uh, so Max just won. That's a thing. Terry, let's keep this going because I know you want to, uh, you know, at least feel feel better about life in general. What do you got? <laughs> Theo, Theo Walcott. Yes. Um, Uma. No. No. Did he, not so against, did he not bag against West Ham away? Oh, no, he no. didn't. No, he didn't. Jake Tosin scored away at um, Huddersfield. That is correct. Or Jim Tosin is on the list. That's correct. Um, you got three more, Schneid- folks. Did Schneiderlin score? Did he score from like that, that routine free kick at the start of the season? Or did he assist Walcott to score? Or... I think he assisted. He assisted yeah. on that, I believe. Yeah, I, 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 that's twice now. I've got assists mixed up with goals. I'm terrible. Huh. Michael yeah. Keane, feel like yeah, Michael Keane might have scored one. Michael yes, Keane. he did. With his Two more. Uh, Bernard Bagger. Yes, he did. In the FA Cup, he did. What was his league game? Lincoln. Yeah. No, no, that was um, this season. Lincoln. I didn't score. No, it, no, we, we he scored a chip. Oh, that's right. We played Lincoln again, didn't we? Yeah. Did yeah, he yeah. score in the league as well, or? I don't think he's. I can't remember him bagging in the league. I think wasn't the Waff, the, the Wofford game this season was the first time he bagged in the league. So no, I mate, did he score against West Ham? Yeah, he did do him at Bernard. Yeah, yeah doing Bernard. Yeah, because it was he'd been he'd been class all season Bernard, but he just didn't score, and then he mm-hmm. scored against West Ham. That's right. Because everybody kept saying that he needs to add goals to his game. That's the one thing uh-huh. it seems like he's missing. So yeah, yeah. We got one more player we haven't listed. Ah. Uh. You get this one. Well done. Tom Davies? No, he didn't bug. No, sir. Luchman, he scored in the cup game. That Lincoln cup game, he scored ahead. You header. guys, you guys are kind of amazing. That's 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 right. That's the last name. Yeah. I miss him, you know. I'm not going to lie. I, know I thought we were going to figure out a way to... I thought we were going to figure out a way to make it work with him. That's just... Yeah. He'll come anyway. back on... He'll, he'll, he'll link with Newcastle if he does come back I think he'll be half decent somewhere else he just he's just he's an enigma isn't he mm-hmm. yeah good business 25 by the looks of it mm. Mm. so that's it those are those are our answers Max gets the win although I will say Terry performed admirably especially <clears throat> after he had lost he works better with the pressures off, you know, it seems. Uh, I'm just kidding. I just made that shit up. Uh, so, so Max, uh, I'm assuming you're, you're checking your Spotify for something youthful and hip and with it. Yes, uh, do you know what? No, because I've, I've got to say, like, I throw my hands up and I admit, like, I've just been listening to nothing but, like, hip-hop and dance tunes at the minute, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Um, I decided to revisit The Sopranos over the Christmas break, and I watched the episode. Uh, I think that like they juxtapose each other ones in like season five, ones in season one. The first one's college, you know, when Meadow goes like pick yeah. what college that she's gonna go to, mm-hmm. and there's the other one where Ralphie is just a prick, um, living on a thin line by the Kinks plays. It's like the the introductory tune to it. It's banger in it, so I'll pick that one. I'm very down with any Kinks. Very cool. 
All right, so we're going to finish up with Living on a Thin Line by the Kinks. Uh, so, Max, uh, that's why, uh, I guess, do you, do you, are, you, are you a big Kinks fan? Do you listen to the Kinks much? Because we, we have to discuss this song. It's the only way it's legal. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm into, like, Brit band culture from, like, the 60s, and that obviously Beatles, uh, Stones, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, like, The Doors a bit later on. Like, I mean, obviously, the Kinks are a, are a name that have come up. Um, I'll give it a little bit of a, a dabble into, but the the connotate, the intertextual reference, and just the connotation to the Sopranos as well does it for me. Like if David Chase, if David Chase picks that to be a tune that you're gonna listen to, there's there's a reason behind it. So why not? See, I I'm down with the Kinks always, and what got me started on that was uh, watching the movie Rushmore. I don't know if you've ever seen Rushmore, uh, Wes Anderson Wes, movie. Wes Anderson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Initially, the, he main, wanted. The, sorry. The main. I've got to say, the main character is called Max, isn't he? Max, Max Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, he wanted, like Wes Anderson, wanted the entire soundtrack to be nothing but Kinks, because he he saw Max Fisher as being an angry young man in a suit, and so he felt uh-huh. like the Kinks represented like angry young men in suits, and so he wanted nothing but Kinks on that soundtrack. Uh, but I, it didn't work out. It's a fantastic soundtrack with, with a lot of n- great non-kink songs. Like there's some some Who on there. There's some uh, John Lennon on there. It's a really fantastic soundtrack. But uh, there's a like this one opening song on that soundtrack that is the Kinks, and that's what got me got me going on the Kinks, man. That's and now like I've got that Village Green album, and it is whole. It's just yeah. Let's do it over and over again. That and uh, that well-dressed is it well-dressed man song. Uh, what was it called? Oh my god! Is it well-respected man? Well-respected yeah. man. Yeah. I, like I get titles of songs wrong all the time because people give me my music. So. <laughs> so yeah, so good though. Uh, I didn't realize like how like thoughtful their lyrics were until I actually listened to their stuff over and over again. Um, so anyway. Uh, as we as we're winding down, listening to the Kings, it's time to end Toppy Blues podcast. We really appreciate you uh, joining us after uh, our, our sabbatical for tech technical reasons uh, that also happened to coincide with the holidays. It was not holiday based, I assure you. It just happened to coincide with. It. So uh, so yeah, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you've uh, if you. Uh, have been digging this and you're thinking gosh I wish I knew uh, what these guys look like check out our YouTube channel um, you can see that two of us have beards and one of us do not um, so yeah that's that's information that you should uh, write about in your diary uh, yeah, you need that you need to know that don't you uh, so anyway uh, but check us out there if you like uh, otherwise check out uh, Terry on the old uh Liverpool Echo fan jury. They let him drop his knowledge there. Check his Twitter for that. Check out Max's podcast as well. We need to plug that. Everybody needs to be checking that out too. Um, a lot of Max and a lot of people that he interviews talking about the football industry. All right? Um, a lot of different aspects of the football industry. Um, great idea for a show, frankly. So um, check that out. Check out Max. Uh, check out his Twitter. He'll tell you when and where all that's going to happen. Um, I don't have anything to plug yet. You know positive vibes for me that one day I have a, a life that's pluggable uh, so yeah there you go uh, I guess that's it guys uh, Max thanks so much man good to talk to you my bud you're welcome you too man 
All right, Terry, much love to you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your time. You too, guys. Take it easy. All right, for Max, Terry, and myself, much love to everybody out there. Be happy with three points. Let's let's uh, now let's get the transfer window going. Bring in some of those crazy signings. All right, everybody. Bye.